Welcome into another episode of Red Zone Talk, episode 20 in the books, the playoffs, not in the books. We're starting episode 20, it's not in the books yeah, yet. It's not we'll over yet. Soon. Dang. Playoffs are here. I'm just excited. I'm ready to get into it. So not only do we have the playoffs starting, and we're excited to talk about that, it is Tim's favorite, one of my favorites. we got to talk about Black Monday too, right? We have a lot of head coaching things that are open. Um, I'm Owen Burke, he's Tim Hunt. I forgot to say that part. But yeah. We want to talk to football. We got to get into trivia and all these things. Yeah, we're going to be quick today. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, first part is going to be trivia. Second part is going to be talking about Black Monday here. So uh, I am going to start chaptering when we switch to stuff too. So oh, yeah. if you're on it and you don't want to listen to us talk about trivia, you can skip ahead. Um, so if you are finding us on YouTube, because that's now our biggest platform by far and away, uh, we're on Spotify, Instagram, and TikTok. All under Red Zone Talk or Red Zone Talk Pod. Uh, Instagram's the only one that's Red Zone Talk. Everything else is Red Zone Talk Pod. Um, same thing for YouTube if you're on Spotify. So um, thanks for joining along. Uh, we're gonna jump right into trivia, like we said. A lot of stuff to talk about, so we don't wanna we don't wanna waste valuable time out here today. Um, oh, and I've got a fun little trivia game for you. So Ooh. your game today is I'm gonna have you name me with it being uh, you know Black Monday behind us and everything like that. The most probably the most viable candidate for head coaches are offensive coordinators. Um, mm. Saw a lot of defensive coaches fired in this, in this cycle. I want you to name me as many offensive coordinators you can in five minutes. So just offensive coordinators that are currently in the NFL, currently in the NFL, currently the list is the offensive coordinator. Um, there are some teams who have uh, their head coach listed as their offensive coordinator. I don't know exactly how many there is um let me double check here it's gonna be an interesting one it's gonna be fun uh actually there might not be any i thought there was a couple but i lied i think when i said that i definitely did lie so there's Um, none there's no head coaches that probably makes it easier truthfully defense (laughs) i don't have to think about it defense i think there was four this year um four head coaches that were their defensive head coordinator. So no strikes. Um, I'll give, I'll give you a little bit of leeway, like on hints and stuff like that. When you start to get outside the pack, each one you name is worth half a point. So technically if you magically named all 32 OCs, um, you would, you would get 16 points. So I'm going to open it all the way up, but to get 10, you basically have to name 20, which is, Harder than people probably imagine it is, but still. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's going to be even difficult for me. Luckily, there's some low-hanging fruit here. Yeah. Um, so, are you ready? Yeah, tell me when to start the timer. I'll start naming them. Oh, I got I got the timer ready. Okay, oh, and we are live. Go for it. Okay, so Todd Monken is Baltimore's offensive coordinator. Um, yep. God, what's the – was it Brian Callahan is the, the Spangles offensive coordinator? Is that his name? Brian Callahan is the Bengals offensive coordinator. That is correct. Some some looks. Um, The Bills is Joe Brady. Joe Brady is the Bills. And and for some of those, like those ones, I would have accepted uh, uh, Ken Dorsey as well. So, yeah. Um, Kellen Moore is for the Chargers. Correct. That's four. Um, I need to probably write the ones down that I get just so I don't double back here. Monken, Callahan. Who else did I name so far? I've got Brady. You got Todd Monken as well. 
Joe Brady, um, Eric Bieniemy in uh, Washington. Washington Commanders is Eric Bieniemy. So Billy Billy B, your guys will see. Billy B is the New England Patriots offensive Bill. coordinator. Bill Bryan. I know there's going to be some more easy ones here. Let's see. I'm going to tally at the end how many you get right. I'm just deleting the names as you go. All good. AFC South. So you have the Texans, the Colts, the Jaguars, and the Titans. Uh, Only one of these guys is getting some kind of head coach love this year. Um, Oh, oh, God. What's the guy in Houston? He was in San Fran with Shanahan. He was, yes. Uh, uh, Bobby Slowick. Bobby Slowick is correct. That is okay. Houston's. Slowick, Slowick, Slowick. You got three minutes left here. Okay. We're rolling. We're, we're getting some names here. Yeah. Uh, Matt Nagy still with the Chiefs. He should Matt be. Nagy is the, he's technically this is the quarterback's coach, but yeah, that's, I, he, he's their offensive coordinator. He's their OC, yeah. Um, I would, I would think about that division. That division's pretty, pretty dang easy. Kellen easy. Moore is the other one he got. Yeah, I got Moore. Man, I have no idea who Vegas is. is. Did they fire their OC when they fired? Uh, they they did, but the guy that guy you're not gonna know. Like that guy's really the guy tough. that got fired. Or the the guy, guy you've got fired and the guy who it is now. That's really tough. Okay, so um, I don't think about them. Denver, um, Denver's a name you definitely sh- probably know. Is it Lombardi still? It is Joe Lombardi. Yes, okay. nice. Okay, thought you'd get that one. That's why I told you to stick in that division. Um. The Dallas Cowboys has been uh, an offensive coordinator for, I know, the Jets and the Seahawks most recently. Um, so that's yeah, a name I, you should know. Okay, I should know. Before we get there. Uh, Son of famous coach. Go ahead. The Jets is. Come on. The guy that was in Denver. Got this. Yeah. You're right there. Denver and Green Bay. Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett is the Jets. I kept wanting to say Christian Hackenberg, and I was like, wrong Jet. Wrong (laughs) Wrong, Jet here. Wrong Jet there. Okay. Oh. Oh, Schottenheimer still in Dallas. Schottenheimer is still in Dallas. Nice. Good game. Your former former coach you're talking about there. Um, Bears just got fired, so that should be a name on top of your head. <clears throat> the Lions is another guy who's getting a lot of head coaching love right now. Ben, yeah, Ben Johnson. Ben, ben Johnson. Johnson for the Lions. There we go. Chicago's mm. just, I think he got fired this morning or yesterday morning. I'm trying to remember if I even think of. I remember that they cleaned house, but I could not yeah. tell you who it was. Uh, Los Angeles Rams is the brother of a, a head coach right now. Um, he was the He was in Green Bay in New York, and now he's the Rams. The Rams OC. Yeah. Well, the thing oh. is, like, I f- and then the 49ers is their head coach. There was one. Well, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle yeah. Shanahan. Yeah. Um, man, I'm gonna Rams. Rams. Brothers yeah. a head coach. Brothers That's a head not... coach. You're down to 50 seconds. Not Brothers really a head not. coach in the NFL. Uh, he was the Jets' offensive coordinator last year before Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, uh, um, Michael Floor. Michael Floor is in Los Angeles. Yes. Okay. Um. Now it's gonna thin out really now, fast now we've got some tough names uh if you're not going to get the chicago bears one um uh, indianapolis colts is a long time offensive coordinator he's an old he's got a really fun name you might know um boy and you're really now it's slim pickings here yeah i was like i feel like i've i feel pretty confident with everybody I and then you got 15 seconds uh the pittsburgh steelers you got two choices here you should definitely know one of them 
who got fired? Oh, um, Matt Canada. Matt Canada. I will take that. You got four seconds left. Three, yeah, gonna, two, one. That. All right, that's time. That's a good run. You you got a lot knocked out there. Um, we got one, two, got a headache three, is what I got. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Do I get twenty? 14, 15, 15. Really good nah, run. Oh, we're going to round, we're going to round that to 88 points. So I'll take it. You know, that's a pretty decent week of trivia overall. Yeah. So I'm just going to round it and give it, give you the, give you the 80 points that puts you at 450 to my 380 as we currently sit. Um, some names you didn't get again. These are all really hard at this point. Uh, Frank Smith is the Miami dolphins offensive coordinator. No, uh, <laughs> Alex Van Pelt is the Cleveland Browns offensive coordinator. Um, Jim Bob Cooter is the Colts offensive coordinator. I was the <laughs> only one I thought you might be able to get. Um, the legend himself. Yeah, he's he's been around a long time. Jim Bob um, Cooter. Press Taylor's Jacksonville's. I didn't never heard of him. Press him. Taylor is a name that sounds familiar, truthfully. <laughs> um, I don't know why. Tim Kelly was Tennessee's Bo Hardigree was uh, the Raiders one. That one was real tough. Uh, the New York Giants is Mike uh, Kalafka. Um, Kalafka. And, and he was another name that's been bouncing around yeah, after like Dayball's year. And he was in Kansas City prior to that as the quarterback's coach. So uh, the reason I remember in. press, uh, the, remember I, the reason I remember press Taylor is because he went to Butler. That's mm. why. See, I was like, that name is so familiar. Yep, right. back in the Butler days. That's why. The NFC is definitely... Out definitely was not your strong suit. Um, no. The Eagles was Brian Johnson, um, oh, former yeah. quarterback coach for them. That one was gettable. Chicago Bears was Luke Getze. So ah, oh, I should have gotten Getze. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Packers hell. is Adam Stavanchi. Uh, nope. Minnesota Vikings is Wes Phillips. Um, Atlanta was Dave uh, Rogan. Don't know who that guy is. Uh, Carolina Panthers. Did they clean house or did they just fire Arthur Smith? Uh, typically when they fire, like once they, most of the time when you fire a coach, you keep all the coordinators under contract until you hire until, the new one. Yeah. yeah. Right. Good point. So, um, can't remember. Uh, Panthers just denied, uh, their defensive coordinator, uh, DeMarco Ryans. I think it is. Yeah. Is that what it is? DeMario? Something like that. Uh, um, Texans coach. There you go. Now, if you look up the Panthers DC, I can't remember his name. He just got denied to interview for another DC job because they're keeping him under contract till they hire the coach to see if they want to keep him. Um, New Orleans Saints was Pete Carmichael. Uh, that was maybe kind of gettable. Tampa Bay was Dave Canals. Arizona Cardinals was Drew Penning, and the Seattle Seahawks was Shane Wardon. So now the tough part with OCs is that we're now in the day and age where. The, the head coach is the offensive coordinator. Or like you think of them, right? Like Shanahan is listed as the OC, but like when you think of Mike McDaniels, I'm like, I don't know who their OC is because I know yeah. that like that's the guy that's running the offense really. Yeah, I think you had a really good a really good showing there. Like, I'll take 16. 17 is like definitely not something to like, be, like feel bad about for sure. Not mad at all. All right. Well, I guess that that chart is forever stuck in my uh, my notes now. Shortest right, next... trivia segment ever? 
question mark? Yeah, that was pretty good for us. Yeah, that was that was about as clean and tight as we can get it. Under yeah. 15 minutes is like phenomenal for us. Good on you, because that is I mean, that's how you keep it on a on a close time is you just put a timer on it. Yeah, just put the stress I, on. I was like, I was like, we got a lot to talk about. I don't want to like mess this up. Um, uh, okay, next thing we're going to talk about. We're an NFL podcast, but we do have to at least acknowledge that Nick Saban retired from, from college football. So uh, obviously the greatest college football coach of all time. Um, Bow down. <clears throat> it's going to be a coveted job. Like there's going to be a lot of people that, that are after that job. It's going to be kind of interesting to see how that plays out. But uh, Nick Saban, not a great NFL coach, but the best college coach of all time without the any best question. College coach. Undoubtedly. You have any other thoughts you wanted to add to that, or? I mean, I just would feel bad if we didn't talk about it at the very. No, least. I don't. I, I mean, what can be said that hasn't already been said? I mean, like he, I think he's going to go down as one of the most memorable coaches of all time, especially for our generation, because like Bill Belichick spanned a little too early in my time frame, right? Where like, I mean, I watched him, mm-hmm. but like Saban's dominance, I don't know. It was more. I think they were more dominant, honestly, over the college football landscape. They were just there year in, year out, recruiting class, draft picks. I mean, ESPN ran bell to bell just every national title game that he's head coach today. Filled the whole day of programming for him. They're like, look at that. (laughs) Programming guy gets a day off. We're just playing Nick Saban national title title games. So respect. Uh, I'm curious to see. I don't know if he's actually done or not long term like i don't think he's gonna go somewhere else right now i do think the retirement sticks for a bit but i'm curious to see if his love for football itches him back to the game i i think he's done he's he's in his 70s right like guys in their sure. 70s don't typically come back it's the guys who retire in their you know late 50s early 60s those are the guys that like somehow creep their way back into football but guys who retire in their 70s for the most part are done and con it quits at that point so yeah and I agree with you because, I mean, he started to do more media stuff. Like I couldn't – if five, ten years ago you would have told me like, oh, yeah, uh, Nick Saban's going to be on uh, a weekly talk show on ESPN every week with Pat McAfee. I'd be like, yeah. What are you – this guy's doing media stuff in his free time? Hell no. That's just not – Nick Saban's too much about football to be talking to Pat McAfee, right? So I think he has that transition already lined up and he's getting into more of the talk stuff. The only reason I have that hair of doubt is just that I don't think it ended the way he wanted it to. Like, I mean, that's a he not a Nick Saban way ugly, to go out. But I mean, this was probably his one of his better coaching jobs he's ever done. I mean, getting that team into the playoffs after losing to Texas so early on in the season, and then yep. beating Georgia in the national championship. I mean, that's the ultimate stamp on. Hey Kirby Smart, whatever you go on to do, you're not you're not me, pal. You two just, of these, Kirby. Yeah, go ahead and keep two of these on your mantle for me, because whatever you do, you're never going to be better than me. So, I, I it wasn't like you know he didn't go out on top, but no one ever retires when they win a Super Bowl or win a national championship because you think, oh well, if I just won one, I can get back, you know. Yeah, unless so, you announce it before the year, like it has been a couple times, like Peyton and Ray Lewis did. But as a coach, I don't know if anybody's ever. And retired off of a Super Bowl and college football has gotten so heavy into NIL and other parts of it that it's it's hard. It's a it's a year round job now to be a college football coach. It is It used to be easier than the NFL. Now it's actually harder. Um, 
think it's kind of flipped in that aspect because you're doing so much recruiting. So, but yep. I just wanted to spend a couple minutes to talk about that. All right. Now we're going to talk about uh, the openings here. Um, we're going to rank these jobs. We're going to start from number eight and work our way up the list. We're going to talk about, you know, why we ranked them there. We're going to talk about the coach they let go and whether we thought it was the right move or a wrong move, all that kind of stuff. So um, let's uh, jump in. Who do you have as your number eight program? Number eight team on this list. And I miswrote and goofed it. I think I can, this is, this is hands down. My number eight is Carolina Panthers. Um, the roster is not great. They're not in a great cap spot. Like of the eight openings, they are duh, 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 fifth in cap space, which isn't terrible. I think it puts them like middle of the pack in the league, if I remember yeah. right. Bottom bottom half of the league, 21 million. It puts them yeah. bottom half. Um, and they spent some money this last offseason, right? Miles Sanders hasn't panned out so far. Adam Thielen's a damn good signing, right? Um, yeah. But if, you never have a good offseason if, if your best – signee was a 32 year old receiver like that's uh it's not a great off season or great free agency class i guess is the best way to put it the the biggest thing that comes down to that this is why i knew this coming in as long as david tepper is the owner this is probably one of the most if not the most unattractive job in the league in my opinion you never want unless he holds multiple jobs right jerry jones is also the gm he's allowed to be in headlines because he's talking about these things as an NFL owner, you never really want your name brought up. You do not want to be a figure of attention unless it's just because like the Kraft family, right? We all know Robert Kraft. Why? Because they won six Super Bowls. That's why I know yeah. Robert Kraft. Not because of this, that, or the other, because of some scandal or an email thing. David Tepper's throwing drinks on fans. He's had six head coaches in five years. It's not a guy I want to work for. And also they retained their GM, which also – Usually doesn't bode super well for a head coach in the long run. It doesn't usually work, but. So I had the Panthers actually as my number seven ranked job. Okay. Um, I can take that. And, and I'll kind of talk about it. Like I'll, I'll jump into my number eight, like kind of on the end of this. Um, I thought it was rash to fire Frank, Wright. Like it wasn't going well, but you have to give him, I think you have to give him at least two years if we're into year two and it still looks like that, like I think it's a different conversation. Um, there, there, there was no chance to development and there's no mm-hmm. chance for any development, right? It was a real struggle. Sorry. I've got a cat. I'm trying to not step on my laptop and destroy everything here. <laughs> Just um, close all the tabs. Yeah. That's, I'm trying to avoid that at all costs. Um, but yeah, they shouldn't have fired Frank Wright in the first place. I think Anyone who they hire for this job, it's going to be because they didn't get another job that they wanted, right? I don't think this is on necessarily anyone's uh, list. The only saving grace, the reason I have this team at seven instead of eight is because of Bryce Young. Someone will look at that and say, hey, that's a quarterback I can go work with. Um, And the team I have at eight is the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, And the reason I have them at eight is because they have no quarterback. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a shell of himself, clearly not as good as he, you know, not as good as, as he was with Kyle Shanahan. Aiden O'Connell is a a no at best. Yeah. And then their draft position, right? They're not in a key spot where they're going to get, you know, one of these better guys. I didn't even have that pulled up. I meant to have it pulled up, but they're definitely not getting one of the top three guys and they'd be lucky to maybe get the fourth guy. Right. And 
That's just not a spot you necessarily want to be in in a draft. And then you look at the roster. I don't think there's any way that Devonte Adams is on this roster next year, right? He wants, he's going to want out and he's going to want a chance to go compete for an at, for a championship. Right. Um, yeah. There's going to have to be severely impressed with what they do this off season to not, not want out, out the door. Right. And yeah, so I think, like, and the other part of that job too, that makes it so tough is in the way Antonio Pierce has coached this team if you don't come in and immediately have success, it's going to be looked as a failure, right? Like it's not going to be looked upon with great because he's done a great job. And honestly, I think he deserves this job at this point. Yeah, I would agree. Like unless they can lure a big fish somehow, which I don't see happening. And truthfully, when I say big fish, I mean guys who have done it at that level or Ben Johnson, truthfully, like Ben Johnson, Mm -hmm. Jim Harbaugh, Brian Flores, like the, it's gotta be up there. If not, Antonio Pierce is a guy, and truthfully, I don't think it's a bad idea to just go with Antonio Pierce at the gate. We've seen this before. They fired Gruden. The interim head coach did a really good job. They're like, you know what? No, we're going to go shell out another large contract for Josh McDaniels. Fire him. Interim coach does well. Don't You literally went through this two years ago. Just keep the interim guy that the locker room likes yeah. and just – and play it simple, play it cheaper. You're not going to have to, you cannot afford to pay another 10 year contract out to one of these other and guys. I, and I guess we didn't really talk about who we'd want for uh, Carolina's head coaching job. Um, for me, it's a guy who struggled to get a job. I think Eric B is the guy that I go. If Eric B says yes, like that's the guy I go get. Cause Fair, he made yeah. Sam Howell. Sam Howell looked productive at, at the early stages of this season looked really good. I think he still finished top 10 in passing yards too. Yeah. And they were trying to bench him by the end of the season, right? Like that's yeah. the crazy part is, is by the end it got ugly. So if I'm Carolina, I'm doing everything I can to just get a guy like Eric B And, and I, it's easy to, for us to sit here and be like, well, Ben Johnson, Ben Johnson's not taking this job. There's just I like, touch it. <laughs> Ben Johnson's going to get a better job than this one. So like, why would he even think about the Carolina? Like, I just don't think it's in the realm of what they're going to get. Yeah. They need an offensive coach, right? Like there's just no doubt in my mind that that's what they need. Um, and that's, that's, that's why you get a guy who Eric Bianami's wanted to be a head coach for a long time, probably has deserved a chance by now. And if he doesn't get one this cycle, I think, I think if Carolina comes knocking, he's not going to say no at this point. And that's yeah, the agree. kind of guy they need in, in a bad, you know, no, no offense to Eric Bianami, but it is, it is what it is. Yeah. Ben Johnson going there is like the Raiders mocking themselves. Caleb Williams at seven. That's not right. going to happen. Yeah, Why exactly. we do not plan on this? Cause there is a zero to 1% chance of it happening. Right. Right. So I think it's a, that's a damn good pick. You're sitting here like, who do you want? I'm like fucking whatever sucker takes it. Like I, that's yeah. like, I don't know who would want that. The enemy, that's a really good pick, honestly. And lucky for you, the, the number seven on my list is the Raiders. So we can yeah. sit here and we can talk I, about I figured too. we'd be pretty close on, on the Raiders, but yeah. And I think we both want Pierce to get that job. I think he's done enough there that I, I would give it to him. And, and honestly, I'm becoming more of a fan of former players being a head coach, right? We're seeing that turn of like, that's becoming really successful. Yep. Um, and I wouldn't fight it with a guy like Antonio Pierce. Um, who did you have as your number six job? I think we're, I think we'll be on sync here. I'm pretty sure this is, I don't know if we are, cause this is where I have the team. And I think I have them a little too low. I have the Seattle Seahawks at six on my list. Too low. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was thinking they probably should a little low, but they should probably land above, you know, maybe Tennessee, but I'll stick with the list. It's what I have them at. And I'll try to justify why I had them so low. So, 
the reason I had Seattle at six kind of, I was trying to look at three things to rank these teams, right? Your quarterback slash your ability to get one, right? Your draft position, all these things, um, your cap situation slash how your roster is constructed and then your ownership and GM. They're doing pretty well. I like their ownership. I like the GM. It's a very stable organization. Not a lot of headlines come from above the head coach level. I'm okay with that. They don't have a lot of cap space. I think they're seventh among the teams that we're going to talk about here. Um, And also, as far as quarterbacks go, I think they're probably dead last on this list because they're in the same spot, really close to the same spot as, as Vegas is, except they don't have a good draft pick to even try. You can't even hope for a quarterback to fall to Seattle at where they're sitting. Yeah, Seattle's more in the second round quarterback, you know, maybe Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy. Mm-hmm. I don't I didn't think J.J. McCarthy is a second rounder at this point, but I, I think they're more in that class of quarterback than they are a first round guy. Yeah. I mean, Their unless somebody Penix is there. If Penix yeah. is there in the first, I think they honestly they might just because it's a Washington keep yeah. close to home. At least, if nothing else, that's a marketing move. And I like Penix, so that might be there. I Like I said, I do think I have them a little low, but again, they don't really have a quarterback for the future and not a great spot to get one. And ultimately, when you look at all these things that we're talking about, that's yeah. the most important part of this pod. So I said, like, wow, way too low. I have them at five, right? So I have them one spot ahead of – like, I don't actually think it's that low. I just – this is a team that, like, when I initially did it, I was like, oh, man, this might be the second or third best job. And then I was like – more I thought about, I was like, actually, no, it's it's not. It's definitely more of a yeah. middle of the road job. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have fired Pete Carroll if I'm being honest with you. This is another yeah. one that I was I just agree. like, I didn't think it was the timing made very much sense. Um, I would have fired him last year when we had all the or two years ago we had all the Russell oh, Wilson drama. Yeah, two you know, two years ago you had it, it, but but they made the playoffs last year, right? And they were competing for a playoff spot again this year. So in I one don't, of the tougher divisions in football. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, one of the tougher ones, not the hardest, but definitely one of the harder ones. So I, I didn't think this move made a ton of sense. Like I, 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 I mean, I don't think the way that they sent Pete Carroll out was very fair to him. No. 14 years there as their head coach, a Super Bowl ring. Um, you know, it it's different than the it is with Belichick. That's what I'm kind of going to leave it at. We'll obviously dive into that one a little deeper, but mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have let him go. And honestly, I think Pete could keep coaching. So I think I think there's a lot of opportunity for for Pete to to maybe coach somewhere else. As far as candidates I like for this job, um, probably Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn makes the most sense to me. Um, it is. I mean, he came out of Seattle right when he went to Atlanta. So I think I think Dan Quinn. I don't know if Dan Quinn takes it, though. That's the more interesting thing to me. So I'm going to disagree with you fully, actually, um, as I, I agree with everything you said, 100%. If you're going to move on from Pete Carroll, we have to go the opposite direction. Don't right. fire Pete Carroll and then bring in a guy that's, a, well, he's going to do it like Pete did. Why not just keep Pete Carroll then, right? Right. So yeah. like Dan that's Quinn's true. a good fit, not a bad coach. He's had a damn good year, two, three years in Dallas. But like I think like swing for the fences, go Ben Johnson. Like, I mean – are you the most attractive job out there? No, no, but I don't think they're the worst. And I think ownership and general manager, like that stuff matters. And they're pretty solid on that stuff. So again, the quarterback situation may not be great, but I think there's a sales pitch there to get a bigger fish into Seattle. Yeah. Um, I, I This is honestly one that I look at and I could see 
if Mike Brabel wants to, like if Mike Rabel, let's say Mike Rabel doesn't get whatever job he thinks is the most valuable. Yeah. I think this is one he could take, right? Like this, this is a is, very good consolation prize, I think. Yeah, this is this is the kind of the opposite of what Tennessee was. Tennessee is an unstable, their GM is kind of a mess, right? Like that whole situation. Like this franchise is stability, right? Pete Carroll was yeah. there for 14 years. They have done nothing. Like, I mean, they have some misses, but they, they hit a lot of studs, right? Like this is a team. That every time you blink, you're like, man, how how what they go from you know DK to Tyler, and then they how they end up with you know JSN, and then you know There's Kenneth talent. Walker is like a high end running back in the league, and then you just like you're like, how do they keep doing this? Like, how do they keep finding guys? Um, so I I could see a Mike Vrabel here. I don't see like a John Harbaugh ending up here personally, yeah. but um, a Mike Vrabel, somebody who likes that style of ownership, I could see wanting to come here. Yeah, this is me. This is like the big fish that misses out on the job he wants. And it's like, all right, well, at least this ownership, this franchise is stable. This is okay with me. Like, that's yeah. what this is to me. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Who'd you have at six? I had it. I had Tennessee Titans at six. I had them at five. five. So. Yeah. So well, I think we're, we're pretty, we've been pretty close on par, just slightly different list. Um, this, this is a really tricky. Like I just, the only thing I don't like, the reason I have Seattle above them is the stability of Seattle. That's fair. This this team is just like the only thing they got going for them is they have some money. Like that's that's yeah. about it. They have the third most cap space going into the offseason. Um, not really a great draft position. Seven, you might be able to get a guy. Ryan Tannehill is a free agent. Um, Derrick Henry's a free agent. So it is a complete overhaul, but it's you know. <sighs> every time this team gets talent, it can't retain it. Right. Like Derrick Henry has been the only one who's been truly stable through it. I mean, they get an AJ Brown and they let him go for too little. Like you look back at that trade and it's, it's a bad, it's a bad trade. It truly yeah, is. Yeah. Teams have a bad habit of doing that, especially with receivers where you undervalue them just because you're not using them. And then they go somewhere else. that are top five guys. So I was like, almost you put a quarterback behind there. It's almost like the receiver yeah. plays a lot better. Weird how that so, works. I, I don't love organizations that they didn't fire their GM. I don't think, did they? I don't think they did either. And yeah. again, we've talked about that's a red, that's a red flag for us most of the time. Yeah. Um, that's, that's honestly like, that tells you something about the Raiders and their ownership and where their roster's at, that they are one. I think it's just them and the chargers. If I remember right, that, that fired both. Yeah. And the chargers are way up the list and the Raiders are way down. I mean, I mean, technically the Patriots fired both because True. it was one, one person. So, True. so or mutually, mutually parted ways. ways. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever you want to say, mutually parted ways, but technically they got rid of both because it was one human being. True. Um, Very true. The Patriots probably have the most to replace out of any team because they're going to have to build the front office staff because one guy did it for so long. They have like very little assistant coaching staff on the defense because Belichick did it. So it's like that. He, you replace it like it's actually replacing like twelve people. When you well, the in. thing is, you got a guy in house that was a GM and a coach at this level already. So just, <laughs> just Billy B, welcome back. <laughs> hey guys, Billy Bill O'Brien is stepping down as our offense corner to become our general manager. Suckers. Yeah, right. yeah, can you imagine like everybody in New England's like, oh, he's out his OC. They're like introducing our new GM and head coach, <laughs> Bill O'Brien. You're like, Bill all right, well, burn the city down, Gillettes and Ashes. That's too funny. Um, who, who do you, I, Tennessee is one of those weird ones. I don't even know 
where they go at this point. Like this is just such a weird, nobody jumps off the page at me um, as, as like, Oh yeah. Like this is, this is a great fit. Go ahead. I think we can also agree that this is probably the worst of all the firings. Like if you're, if I look at all these, like out of these eight teams, if I could revert the decision by myself, this is the mistake. You do not fire good head coaches when you have one, right? Unless it's a bill, Bill, right? There's external circumstances to Belichick and Carroll. Mike Vrabel, and what's our golden rule when it comes to coaches? If a guy gets hired in the same cycle, you made a mistake by firing him. And Mike Vrabel will be a head coach at the NFL level next year. Okay, so so not only – like you didn't always make a mistake just because he got hired in the same cycle. Can you get someone better? Like I truly think that's the better question is like, okay, are we going to end up with a better head coach than Mike Vrabel? I think Tennessee's odds of coming out with a better head coach than Mike Vrabel are like – 15 to 10%. Like, are there better candidates? Yeah. Are you going to get them? No. No. (laughs) And and I honestly, I think it's more of a wild card too. of like, it's a bigger gamble. They're not going to get an established guy, right? Like, I don't think a, like a Pete Carroll is going to end up here or something like that. I, I truly, um, I think it's going to be a younger guy who, who's kind of unproven and, and it's going to be interesting to see. I think, um, Honestly, the guy I see taking over this job is Kellen Mond. Um, Kellen Mond. I think, he, yeah, or did I say Kellen Mond? God, I yeah. always do that. Oh, it's him. that one name. That one name always gets you. I don't know why. I think <laughs> I think it ends up being Kellen Moore. Um, again, he's he's a similar situation to Enemy where there's always talks like, oh, yeah, he's going to be an NFL head coach someday. He's going to be an NFL head coach. And the opportunity just hasn't come where he gets offered a job. Mm-hmm. And I think – Tennessee might be in a spot where they have to say like, listen, Hey, we'll give you a shot. And you know, and it could be flipped, right? It could be, uh, Kellen Moore and, and Eric B go opposite teams here. But I think it's going to either have to be a, a really, a younger guy, not a Ben Johnson, right? A younger guy who's on somebody's like maybe on their radar, or it's going to be a guy who's been in the head coaching talks for a while, just hasn't been able to get an offer. So. Yeah. I'm like, I honest to God, if, if Vegas say Vegas goes elsewhere, I don't think it's crazy for Tennessee to call Antonio Pierce. Like, I mean, you've seen him do well with a scrappy team. Like, that makes sense, you know, promoting from within. Or I think, yeah, because I think Kellen Moore took the Chargers OC job in hopes that he would be next in line for head coaches. And then the ownership was like, wait a second, we get somebody way better than this. Like, Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, one – no one would have ever guessed like everyone thought there was going to be a lot of job openings. Right. But yeah. no one thought there would be this many good head coaches of available. Right. This like, is, if, I was, yeah. I was talking to somebody about that. This is probably the most talented head coaching pool we've ever had. I think definitely a, in recent a, history of previous head coaches. And then even the guys who are coming up to get a shot, like Eric Bannemi has deserved a shot for a while. Right. Like we've talked about Kent. We've talked about some of these guys that have like definitely deserved a shot. And then, you go, oh yeah, Mike Vrabel's available. Bill Belichick's available. Pete Carroll still might want to coach, and you're just like, damn, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good list right there. Like, that's yeah, there's a, a pool. Yeah, there's there's some guys out there. Jim Harbaugh is probably going to be available, and I mean, and Jim Harbaugh is probably the number one candidate available. Yeah, I would agree. So, all right, uh, where are we at? Number four now? Is yeah, right? we're up to four because yeah, we've we flip flopped on the first yeah. four so far. <laughs> Who's your Who's your four? I have the Atlanta Falcons at my four spot here. Um, yeah, where is this? Where? No, I have this. Is this is where I got the list got weird for me? Um, okay. 
and it got got a little tough. I have the Atlanta Falcons at two. Um, okay. Mm. And I mean, you want me to dive into? It? I don't want to jump you. Here. Yeah, I mean, I can run you through real quick. So, yeah, so again, um, ownership wise, like I like Arthur Blank. I think the way like he was given, he's not a guy that's going to rush to fire you, right? He no, gave no. Arthur gave Arthur Smith plenty of chances to prove that he, he gave was Dan the guy. Quinn a lot of time too. Yeah. Um, as far as the quarterback situation goes, not a fan of who we have on the roster. It's not a great draft position, right? They're what six or seven? They're eight, right behind They're Tennessee. Eight. Eight, come on. So a little bit worse than where Tennessee's at as far as that situation goes. And their cap space isn't great. But the thing that pushed them over Tennessee in my mind to put them at the four spot was three years, the last three years, they have spent top 10 picks on dynamite offensive prospects. Yeah. B. John Robinson last year, Drake London the year before, Kyle Pitts the year before that. There's talent here. There's talent on the defensive side. And I think also, as much as there's not a quarterback and they may not be in a great draft spot for him, this is probably, I think, the number one trade slash free agency destination for a quarterback this offseason because of those three guys that they've taken in the first in the top ten the last three years. And and honestly, okay, so this is why I had them at two. I agree with a lot of what you said. The, mm-hmm. the main reason I have them at two. I think they are lead candidates to get Ben Johnson or Bill Belichick, right? Yeah. Um, and honestly, if they want Pete Carroll, I think Pete Carroll is also a, a, is in their top three. Um, that's the main reason I have them at two. I think they're going to get one of the top three candidates available without question. Um, this is a team that has a lot of talent. The defense is played really, really, really well this year. Probably better than most people thought. Oh, God. And they're really... Like their offensive struggles are just, it amazes me that there's offensive struggles, right? It's all yeah. quarterback based. So this is a team that could go out and probably get a veteran. Like, honestly, I think if you put Gardner Minshew on this team, they probably win 10 games, right? Yeah. Um, and you got to think of the guys that are coming available, right? Kirk Cousins is going to be yeah. available. Justin Fields, depending on how the first pick goes. Yeah. The commanders, if they decide to move off Sam Howell, I don't think is a terrible guy to look at as an ad later on. Russell Wilson's a free agent. so And and this is a team more so than like, like Tennessee. We're saying they're behind Tennessee. Tennessee, I wouldn't want them to move up to get a quarterback because they're not a quarterback away. Yeah. That's a team that needs multiple pieces. If Atlanta said, oh, hey, we're going to bundle, you know, eight, you know, this year's second and next year's first. And we're going to try to get, you know, we're going to trade with Chicago and do, you know, a big package to get up there. I wouldn't be upset about it. And even if you had to give away, I don't, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, they're not going to give up probably Drake London, but you know, if they have to throw in a Mac Collins and something else, like something, yeah. Tyler Algier, he's a good running back too. He's like second or third running back on that team. But you know, that's a team that I would love to go up and get like somebody wants down. They should be one of the teams looking to go up um, Yeah, because you add a quarterback to the situation and it's really good. It's it's not a full rebuild. This is a team that you, you have a really um, Jesse Bates is their safety. You have A.J. Terrell on the defensive side. Right. Um, and it sounds so crazy, but I love Bill Belichick for this job. I think this is the job that Bill Belichick takes if he if if they want him. I truly think it is. I hate it. <laughs> because Bill Belichick does what he fixes any defense, right? He can yep. get production out of anyone on the defensive side of the ball. So yep. that defense is already good. He's gonna take him from, you know, a top half of the league defense to probably a top ten defense. 
And then he brings along Josh McDaniels. They go get a quarterback, and this team's really competitive. Like it's just that simple. It uh, really the reason is. it's crazy to say, but it is like McDaniels could take all those weapons and actually get production out of them. And and in that division, it's I Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels lands there. I don't care who the quarterback is; they're probably winning that division next year. Yeah. Like I don't think there's a a shot that anybody is able to win that division at that point. The, and, and Baker becomes available and they just put Baker on that team or they trade yeah. for Justin Fields. Like it, it's, there's some easy solutions here. Yeah. And the reason I say I hated it. Well, like, right. Like you said, Bill fixes any defense that comes and what has he kind of struggled at on the other side, putting explosive playmakers into his offense. And his Guess what? Full of it. They it's just there. spent three first round picks on him. Like now granted, you're going to have to navigate the waters of resigning those guys. It's like Kyle Pitts, contract is going to come up next but, year, but, but they're not like, this is a team that Belichick's going to be there for three or four years. So yeah. like, like maybe he's going to have to worry about Kyle Pitts and maybe Drake Lunt, but like, that's a team that's going to get like, you know, he's not going to worry about it. <laughs> he's not worried about it. Cause he's not going to be there. This is a team that looks at it and this is okay. If we sign Bill Belichick, we're going all in, we're pushing our chips to the center and going all in. And if we get a Ben Johnson, we can play a little slower. You know what I mean? He's going to be able to make this offense dynamic. So God, that's um, terrifying. That's why I have the Falcons at two. I just think they're, they have positioned themselves in a way where they're going to get somebody really good. Um, I don't blame you. Yeah, it's not, it's not bad at all. Uh, who, do you, who do you like? Is there, you haven't come out and said like, Hey, this I think is hire. Bill is a slam dunk. Like I didn't even think about it. Honestly, I haven't thought about anywhere of like where Bill would go because, because yeah. Zach asked me today, like, Oh, do you think like he's going to coach again? I was like, he is 26 wins or 28 wins away from Don Shula's all time yeah. record. And he wants it. Like he's a football historian. He wants to be that guy. He's going to coach. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. He's long as he gets a job, like he's not going to take a commander's job. He's not going to take a Tennessee. He's going to take a team that he can come out and win. Yeah. I think he takes two jobs and it's, it's LA or it's the Falcons. Truthfully. Like, and we can, we'll talk more about bill in a second. Cause I have some theories too, of why Belichick might wait, but, um, who is – what are we at? Who's your number three team? Uh, this is where I have the commanders at. It's number three. Um, I I had the commanders at four, so okay. I, I don't think okay you're far off. So for the commanders, what this comes down to, again, the ownership, obviously a whole hell of a lot better, right? Dan Snyder still here. This team is probably at six or seven, right? Yeah. Just shoot yeah. him down the list. Um, but new ownership, so there's still not – there's not a lot of stability and trust there yet, so they're not high on that list either. But – Number two overall pick, Sam Howell in-house, the enemies in-house if they want to just bring him up, and they have the number one cap space of all the eight teams that we're sitting here talking about, right? So, And I, I don't think their roster is that bad, truthfully. Like, Are they a piece away? Probably not, but I think if they have an A to A-plus offseason, I think this team is in the playoffs next year, and I yeah. think they are, are very close to being – I think they're a piece away after a good offseason. And honestly, I don't even view Sam Howell as their quarterback going forward. I think with the third pick, they're going to take a quarterback more than likely, or the second pick, excuse me. Mm-hmm. They're they're going to take a quarterback just because their hands forced, right? Like they're in too good of a spot to not take a quarterback. Yeah, um, is really what that comes down to. I thought Ron Rivera probably it was time for him to go. I it agree. was a disappointing season. I don't think that was a bad fire. Um, they gave Ron oh, plenty of chances. Yeah, like, the, well, a lot of people were calling for it a year or so ago, and I was like, "No, nah, he's gonna, he's gonna." No, we were wrong. 
It's time. The the coach I actually really like for this job is John Harbaugh. Um, Jim or Jim Harbaugh. Gosh, man, what is me and names? I think Jim takes. I think this is the, his number one choice. Um, really, Colin Cowherd's talked a lot about this, and I never would have thought about it. He's a big family guy. His his parents live with him in Ann Arbor. He could move his family out there. They'd be between Baltimore and that's yeah, Washington. It's right so there. I'm, I'm like, that's really good. It's in the NFC. He doesn't have to play against his brother, where if he took the Chargers job, he'd probably have to play against his brother um, quite a bit. And two, there's flexibility here, right? He can take he's he's going to know out of any of these head coaches, he's going to know which college quarterback is going to be the most successful at the next level out of anyone right now, right? Like he has played against Michael Penix Jr. He is, I don't think he's played against Jaden Daniels, but he's watched these guys, understands the environments they go through, the defenses. That, he's going to know their weaknesses. He's going to know their strong points. He's going to know who he wants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're in a really good spot to get the guy that he wants. So yeah, I, I think it makes too much sense when you start like piece, you're like, man, like a lot of money. So he can get the kind of players because he likes to play football a certain way. He likes mm-hmm. to play hard, tough nose, run first defense or offense. Yeah. And, and they've got the money to go get guys to make the offensive line better, to make the defense the way he wants it, to get the quarterback he wants. And drop Blake Corm in the second round and call it a fucking day is what they yeah. could do. Like, yeah. The thing. Yeah. And that's, that's a really good thought process. I didn't even think about that. I like them a lot because of the money and where they're at with the quarterback situation. And I get it. As much as we're talking about the slam dunk, you got to take a QB. I mean, if somebody likes Sam Howell and you could take Marvin Harrison and pair him next to Terry McLaurin, that's fucking terrifying. I do not want to be stuck guarding either one of those guys on a Sunday afternoon. So there's so many possibilities with this draft. I'm so excited to get closer so we can finally have a picture. Because as of right now, I mean – Marvin Marvin Harrison Jr. and three quarterbacks in any certain order, one through four, could happen in my opinion. Like, and I think Joe Alt, the tackle out of Notre Dame, slips in there too. I have no idea what's going to happen with this draft, but the beauty of it is the Commanders have free will at two, outside of Caleb Williams or somebody trading up. So, yeah, so it'll it'll be really interesting. I think that job is probably better looking than a lot of people think it is. Just off the cuff, you just say the Commanders like, oh. I mean, the division's a little tough, right? Like there's, there's that aspect. You're going to have to go up against the Cowboys and the Eagles, but it, the team has the flexibility and the assets to do it. If it was, if they were going to want to do it, if they get the right guy at the helm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who is number two for you? One of the two teams we have talked about. It'd be the new England Patriots at my two spot. Is this who you had at three? I'm assuming that's who I had at three. Um, uh, again, uh, it's a really interesting team. Uh, they've got a quite a bit of cap space. Uh, third most in the league, only behind Chicago or not looking at the wrong list here. Uh, they have the third, the fourth most behind the commanders, Texans, Titans, and the Patriots. And then it's the Patriots. Um, third overall pick, obviously a really, really patient owner. Um, like we talked about, it's a clean house job. So stable. owner. Yes. There's going to be a lot of really stable, <laughs> A lot of good stability. This defense is talented, right? Like this, this defense is good. Now it's easy to say that when Bill Belichick's coaching it, is the defense actually good without Bill? Yeah. I mean, Matthew Judon's good. Christian Gonzalez is good. There's some pieces there. Um, the other thing that I think makes this job so interesting is a lot of the old guard is gone. Julian Edelman's gone. Um, 
Matthew Slater leaving. You know what I mean? It is going to be a clean house. There isn't going to be many guys who remember winning Super Bowls there at this yeah. point. Is Which I think is a good thing. It, it, it is. I think it makes it more attractive a job because it's not, oh, you know, this guy, I'm not I'm used to it being this. Like, I think that's out of the locker room for the most part. Um, yeah. Far as Belichick goes, I, I genuinely, my belief is, and it hasn't clearly come out of why they ended up mutually parting ways. My opinion is, is, Robert Kraft said, listen, if we're going to go forward in this relationship, this is how we're going to go forward with it, right? We're going to do, you know, we're going to get a a GM in here. We're going to get in. We're going to fire Bill O'Brien. We're going to get a defense. Like, we're going to start building some more structure around you to help you. And I think Belichick said, I don't think, you know, that's how I think we're going to fix these problems and win. I very rarely believe in mutually parting ways. I, I think this might have been one of the more truer cases of it. Right. You have a coach who's been there for 24 seasons and has been the general manager for a majority of that. And now has said, OK, listen, the season didn't go well. All of the control you had, we're going to reel back in on some of that. Yeah. And maybe Belichick was willing to give some and maybe not as much as the Kraft family wanted. And they said, this is how it is. And, you know, if you're not OK with that, you know, we got to go a different direction. And I don't think Belichick's done coaching and. I ultimately, I don't think they went the trade route for, for a major reason here is because I think new England has their eye on a particular candidate. And I think they have to act quickly if they want to get him. And, and so I don't think it was mutually beneficial for bill to have to wait around for the trade. And I don't think it was beneficial for the Patriots to wait around for the trade. Um, do you have any other thoughts on why this job's attractive? Not <clears throat> no, I mean, stable as ownership goes, right? The number three overall pick, you have a little, a small trade chip in Mac Jones, right? Go get a fourth rounder back, whatever. Yeah. There's some talent here, right? The offense needs some work, but it's yeah. one of those jobs where it's just, it's a stable thing and you get to pick your quarterback. I mean, what more could you truthfully ask? And they have cap space. Like yeah. it truly just lines up that way that that's why they're here just by the numbers of it. Um. Who's the I, candidate? I, it's clear and obvious, right? I love Gerard Mayo. I thought he was the guy in waiting for years. I think he probably would have been the guy if this guy doesn't come available. I, it's Mike Vrabel. Yeah. How how do you not bring Mike Vrabel in as your head coach? Um, I think this is this is like we said, right? Like, you know, does your coach get hired in the same cycle? Can you bring in a better guy? I think Belichick gets hired this cycle, and I think if it's not Mike Vrabel, I think it's a failure. I genuinely believe that. I think you made a mistake if it's not. If if since Mike is available and you don't bring him in, it's genuinely they've messed up. Yeah, uh, that's Ma fair. Massive mistake. Like I I love Gerard Mayo and I think he probably deserves a shot. He'll he'll get interviewed. It can't be. It can't you cannot hire Gerard Mayo if Mike Vrabel's available. You just he is he's is a very similar guy in the aspect, but the difference is one of those guys has been to an AFC Championship game. One of those guys took a, a an okay roster and made it to the playoffs four years, right? Ryan like, Tannehill. He took Ryan Tannehill to the playoffs four years. It's just they knocked out the number one seed in 2019. And the good <laughs> news is his offensive coordinator is available too. So you could just bring him right in with it. So yeah. I I see I see the situation I see in my mind. Mike Brable gets the head coach. Um and then he he keeps uh he keeps Mayo on the staff, gives him an actual defensive coordinator responsibilities right steve belichick's gone 
hey, Gerard, this is your defense. You are the guy, the play caller on defense. This is no longer Bill's team, no longer Bill's defense. It's yours, right? That's going to be the selling point when they bring Mike in. And whoever Mike wants to bring in as his offense corner, I think is his call. Um, yeah. If he wants it to be Arthur Smith, I'm cool with that, you know? Um, I'd be a damn good Ar- pick. He was, he was OC there, right? I'm not making that up. Who? Arthur Smith, right? OC where? In Tennessee. No? Uh, no, I think you're right. I yeah, because right. yeah. Matt LaFleur got hired away to Green Bay, and then Arthur Smith got hired away to Atlanta. Yeah, so, I think you're right. Um, I, I mean, that's that's my – I mean, I genuinely, even – like, Jim Harbaugh's not taking this job. Pete Carroll's not taking this job. No. Like, this is a this is a job that What a makes weird day. Fun. Pete Carroll comes over to coach the Patriots. Wouldn't that be the hell's be, It'd be odd, it. but it, I don't think that's a team Pete wants to coach, genuinely. Yeah, I, and I think for Vrabes, like, this is the – like, I agree. That's a good point, right? The whole rushing part of it, right? That's the, the dead ringer. I think it's Vrabel, and I like Mayo too. Is should he be the next in line? Maybe. Truthfully, the number two candidate to me, and the only, only, only reason I know it's going to be the reason why you bring it up and stink on the idea is the young quarterback stuff. But Brian Flores is the other guy that's up here. I think he has got to be a name that is heavy in talks this year. Any team that's got a veteran quarterback, and I know that you know. New England might not be that team, but say they spend the cap space on some skill guys. They bring in Kirk Cousins. You bring in Brian Flores. You call it good, right? I mean, I wouldn't be super mad at that idea either, but I do agree that you have to put the house in front of Vrabel and be like, hey, man. Yeah. What what more do you want? (laughs) Right? Like, I. Here's a blank check. Come coach my football team. We were kind of like wishful thinking when we talked about Brable the first time. Um, like it was kind of like, yeah, like it'd be cool if he was it'd available. Be nice if he was available. He's available. So He's like, available. like Brian Flores, yeah, I think deserves some consideration. Do I think Josh McDaniels really deserves consideration? No. Not really. He'll probably get an interview. Bill O'Brien, I mean, the offense didn't get better with him there. So I think he's got to move on as well. Like I, there's just... I Brian Flores is a nice condolence prize. It's he's not Mike Vrabel. Like that's You're, really what it comes down to. Yeah, and the thing that really stinks for McDaniel's is if he doesn't get itchy for that second job, he's probably the head coach here. Oh, hundred percent. They probably just promote McDaniel's up if Vegas never happens. I mean, and it also could have been a situation where Belichick's not getting fired right now either. True. The offense could have been somewhat decent. Yeah. Like Mac Jones has only been good with Josh McDaniels as offensive coordinator. So, um, and I think because of that, I mean, send him to Atlanta. Yeah. (laughs) Bill, Mac Jones, Josh McDaniels, send him to Atlanta. Could you imagine? (laughs) That'd be wild. That'd be pretty hilarious. and, And this is, this might also sound crazy. If they don't get a quarterback, they like at seven and Justin Fields isn't available for trade. I genuinely think Russell Wilson could end up in Atlanta with Bill and Josh McDaniels. I don't think that's an insane. Outcome. It is going to be such a wild off season. But... It's going to be the wild, wild blast. I don't think Kurt ends up anywhere, but Minnesota personally. Um, but I don't think so either, but you never know. But yeah, I, I am, I'm a variable or bus guy at this point. I mean, Bill Belichick's the greatest head coach of all time without question. Right. Just as Nick's like, we've had, three legends call it quits in the last two days or get fired hours, whatever. Yeah. 24 hours. Right. And two of those guys are in the top three 
of greatest football coaches, greatest football coaches of all time, not NFL. Like Belichick's the greatest football coach ever. And Nick Saban's probably number two right behind him. Right. Like yeah. they're, I mean, they're both top five without question. I mean, hundred percent. So it is wild. But, um, the other thing with Belichick too, is don't be surprised if he doesn't sign right away. I think, Oh, I think he will wait until after the wild card round and see. Does Dallas call it quits with Mike McCarthy? Do the Eagles fire Nick Sirianni after how bad the season's been a mess, no right? Way. Does do the Eagles look and go, hey, Nick Sirianni's been bad. Do we do we call it quits and maybe you know Belichick comes here? I think yeah, I think that'd be one of the most unfair firings. I think that might be more unfair than Vrabel, truthfully, in the not in the terms of Sirianni's better than Vrabel, but like they looked at Sirianni and like, hey, you have two new coordinators. Have fun. And then they lose and you're like, get the fuck out of here. But when you look at who's available, it's, it's hard not to. That's what it comes look. down to, right? Yeah. Like we always say, could you get it? Would Nick can Sirianni you get, get hired? Guy? And can you get a better guy? Nick Sirianni would not get hired. And there's a lot of better guys, right? Like, do you go, do they go, man, Pete Carroll could probably coach this team to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, and there are some teams that I think should have fired coaches that are going to regret not joining what this yeah. cycle is going to end up being. And we could talk about that, but we don't have time. So yeah, we definitely don't have time. We're spending too much time on this. Are we, we're on number one, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Okay. The consensus which, number one. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be the chargers, right? Um, the biggest issue solved quarterback. It's, it's, you got a guy right there and he's in, right? So yep. the, the number one problem that you're going to run into, there is no, there is no problem. He is, he is the guy. So, yep. um, He's there. They they're in a little bit of cap trouble. It is easily fixed. I think Derwin James gets cut. I think Cleo Mack gets cut. Some guys, uh, yeah, I know, but they have to cut Derwin is gonna be a tough one, but I Khalil Mack is gone. I'd play. cut Joey Bosa before I cut Derwin James. Wow. I mean, yeah, you one of those two guys is probably getting cut. Yeah. Mike Williams contract's probably getting restructured. Um I you, you got a decently high pick too. You know, you're I'd not cut getting one of those two guys. I'd cut one of their two receivers, top two receivers, truthfully. Yeah, and, and Khalil. Probably keep, I'd probably keep Keenan Allen. You're, you've got a top five pick. You got a shot at some talent. You're probably not getting Marvin Harrison Jr., but you might get uh, Malik Neighbors. Is that who I'm thinking? Yeah, of? Yeah, I was like Neighbors, or you could get the guy out of Washington. There's a lot of receiver talent in this class. the The other thing here that I have issue with. So again, I was talking myself out of the Chargers being the one spot and be like, wow, I just the cap space, the rosters are not constructed super well, the issues are glaring. But at the end of the day, there's not a job that tops Justin Herbert and a new GM. They fired the GM as well, right? So you get yeah. a GM and a head coach coming in, you have Justin Herbert. That puts you at the one spot just about single handedly. Cap situation, we've got to figure out some things roster wise. What well, you said they have pick five? Pick five, yeah. I think one of the receivers needs to go because their main issue with their offense right now, and you're like, oh, oh, and Tim, Justin Herbert looked terrible this last year. Why? You know, Brandon Staley affects the defense. Why does Justin Herbert look bad, right? Is he the guy? Because we haven't really seen it at the highest levels yet. I'll tell you why. They have three, six, four receivers that run four, seven, forties, and they have a horrible offensive line. If you yeah. don't have a guy that can get open quick and you have a bad offensive line, your offense is going to suck. That's the bottom line. Why yeah. they drafted Quentin Johnston, I'll never know. Other than the – again, the, I think that was one of the dumbest picks in my opinion. I like Quentin Johnston. 
I think he would have been solid. I kind of want him in Baltimore. The point of a receiver room is to diversify, right? I want A.J. Brown's my big physical guy. He can do whatever he wants. Devonta Smith's going to go over the top. Unless you're really just going to overload, and you can't overload on physicality. doesn't work at the receiver spot because you end up being slow a lot of the times. Yeah. So they have three guys that are slow and a bad offensive line, but pick five, you could go receiver. They could go tackle and sure up the other side across from Rayshon Slater. The options are open, but the Chargers are the best job, hands down. I think Jim Harbaugh, if if the family route's not the way to go with the commanders, I yeah. think go with the best job available, right? And truthfully, Jim Harbaugh can sit at Michigan and just keep winning football games until the team that he wants is available. Because, you know, say he's deadlocked on – I want to go back to San Fran. You might have to wait a while, a really long while, but eventually something will happen. And, you know, and maybe Philly comes open. That job, yeah. that's where Jim Harbaugh's going, right? That, that's not too far from Baltimore. I, I think it's a little quick to say Philly. I know that's that name's it's being thrown out there. Like it's definitely I think just, it's crazy, but just because of the names yeah. that are available. Um this is a team that I'm like, man, we gotta fix the offense. Like I, I think you have to hone in on a Ben Johnson type. Like I don't think a Pete Carroll or I mean uh, Belichick really makes a ton of sense here, right? Like mm-hmm. this is, I mean, and maybe it does in some ways and it doesn't in others, right? The offense has struggled. You, you got to go get an offensive guy at the end of the day. Um, you pair him with Justin Herbert and you never have to yeah. worry about your OC getting hired out and it destroying your team because you have your, your, you have Kyle and, Shanahan, right? And that's, that's the only other thing that makes sense about Bel- like McDaniels is not probably getting another chance at this point. Not so a head coach. You, no. Yeah. If you bring in Belichick, McDaniels is locked in and you know, he's a good OC, horrible head coach, good OC. So like, that's a combo that I look at and say, Belichick could probably fix this defense and then Josh can come in and fix the offense. And it'd be, an, it'd be an interesting team at the very least, but I, I would go after a Ben Johnson. I, I truly would. I think I think a young guy with Herbert makes a lot of sense too. They can kind of grow, develop. Yeah, it'd be a diamondite combo. Um, but yeah, I, I do I do think this is the number one job without question, even with the cap spaces. But you got a top five pick. Um, we're gonna keep rolling. We're gonna just do one episode today because I love it. We're we're, we're so deep we're so deep in this one that it makes zero sense to back out of it and do two. Um, it'd be just too really long episodes. So we're just going to do one long one today. Um, One long one. We got the chapters working for our favor on YouTube. Before we dive into the next spot, we're talking about coaches, right? I want to give a shout out to my mom hooked me up with this nice Roquan Smith t-shirt that I'm repping right now. Also got a shout out Tim, the appropriate attire to talk about Bill Belichick today. He's got a short sleeve hoodie on Patriots logo on the front. Fantastic outfit choices today, but what's our next topic of choice here? Uh, we're going to go game by game, give our predictions for the playoffs, and then we're going to wrap up with our bets at the very end. Um, so, oh, yeah, someone probably didn't have bets ready because normally scrambles to get his bets. And that's OK. We got time. Yeah, we we're, we got time. We're going to talk about the games in the order that they're going to happen. So you're probably listening to this on a Friday. It probably won't come out until uh, till Friday afternoon is my guess. So sorry about that, but my computer setup's just a little bit slower. Um, but yeah, so first game on the docket, we got the Browns versus the Texans. This one, you know, is, is a simple case of I love what CJ Stroud has done. I love what D'Amico Ryans has done. This team is is overperformed, truly. And whenever a team overperforms like this, I don't like them in the playoffs as much. Um 
for a couple of reasons. One, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco has the second most playoff wins out of any quarterback in this playoffs. Did you know that? I didn't know that, but it doesn't surprise me. The only guy ahead of him, Patrick Mahomes with 11. The closest Which is guy. Ins- to- it's insane that Patty has already passed him up, truthfully. Yeah. But you know who the closest guy to him is? I'm pretty sure it's Stafford with four. Wow. The one Super oh, Bowl run he had. That's one playoff run right there. That's yeah. nuts. Holy like the, we're, we're talking a lack of playoff experience by a lot of these teams and a lot yeah, of these no, quarterbacks. There's no Brady and Rodgers to carry that number up. And, and and you break this down. So you have a rookie QB, a rookie head coach in a playoff game that is overperformed, right? A lot of people thought they'd be good. They didn't think they'd be a playoff team. And then on the other side, you have a veteran QB who's been there, done that. You have an absolute dominant defense, right? Probably, I mean, we talk about, oh, who's got the best. I don't know how it's not Cleveland at this point. Like, I think it's well, so tough to decide between the top four. Truthfully. Yeah, it's it's really close. But man, Cleveland's defense is good. So Favorite I just think all of the factors. I understand Houston's at home. I just think all the factors to me point to uh, a Texans win. What do you What do you say? I would. I'm picking Cleveland as well. I would love Houston to win this game. I said this last week, and I, uh, I still stand on it. I think Cleveland's probably the last team that I want to see. Definitely a divisional round. I would I would go out on a limb and possibly say as a as a Ravens fan that this Cleveland team is the last team I want to see of the six that are eligible to play Baltimore in the playoffs at all on the AFC side. Um I'd love for Houston to win, but truthfully, and you're talking about overachieving. I mean somebody's been overachieving the last five games of the season. It's been Joe Flacco. So yeah. the route to this is if it's a close game, I think Houston has a chance. We've seen the game-winning drives are at the back-to-back week five, week six magic. I know it was a while ago. CJ Stroud has proven he can get it done down the stretch, right? So unless Cleveland can come out and bottle him up, I think Houston has a shot. Or, and you talked about that. We brought this up last week. You did. Joe Flacco's played great. Cool. How long am I banking on a 37-year-old playing at this high of a level? You and, know? and you, but this is the game where I'm not even banking on. He doesn't even have to play at a high level. He probably has to play game at a, a game manager, right? Like he doesn't have to be the Fair. reason that they win this game. Like this is a game that they can win 17 to 10. And if you're asking me, hey, who's more likely to put up 17 points in this game? I'm probably going to take Cleveland this time. Yeah. You know? the, and it's and more I more situational than it is like. I'm not saying Cleveland's coming out. I'm not saying it's going to be 42 to 14 or anything like I think no. I think it's close, but I just if you're saying in close games who are you picking? I'm not picking the rookie quarterback and the rookie head coach to win a close playoff game. And they might. It's, they could they could shock me, but it would be really really surprising to me. I I think I pick them if they have a chance to win it, right? Tie ball game, they get the ball back with 2 minutes left. Obviously, right? You're like, "Oh, I'll just take the guy that could go down and win it right then and there." But, like, I think C.J. Stroud has that in him. Against this defense, it's going to be insanely tough, right? I'm picking the Browns, but God damn it, I hope the Texans win because I don't want to have to play Cleveland yeah. in the second round. So. I think they're all, all very, very interesting. Um, next game on the docket, Dolphins versus the Chiefs. Um, again, this one's, uh, you know, I hate to oversimplify things, but some of these, man, are just, just core basics of – of why you pick it. It's going to be, it's going to be zero degrees in Kansas city on Sunday. I'm in Kansas city right now. It's supposed to snow to supposed to start snowing tonight. And it's not supposed to stop till tomorrow night at like 9 PM. And then it's going to be like 
zero and negative eight on Saturday. Yeah, I was like, it's not that it's going to be zero. The high is zero. Yeah, yeah, like, it's going to be in the it's negative. Not the, low. the low is negative eight. The high yeah. is zero. Um, it does not bode well for Miami. A- no. I think the AFC is a pretty boring side to pick. Um, truthfully, I was sitting here filling them out, and I was like, dude, we're going to have the same pick on every game. I had to change my last two just because I was like, it's going to be a real boring segment if I'm like, yep, I agree with what you said there. But yeah, it- truthfully, we could sit here, and I think Tim's going to have – Tim has a really solid chance to go 6-0. and I picked some upsets later on in the NFC side just to give us some diversity. But, yeah, man, I'll tell you what. If if Mike McDaniel can go into a zero-degree Arrowhead Stadium, the loudest stadium in the NFL, in the worst weather this team has seen all year, and beat the Kansas City Chiefs, it does so much for that team's image. Now, granted, you don't get to go back to Hard Rock because you didn't beat Buffalo next last week. So, yeah. And you would have avoided this, and you would have been playing Pittsburgh at home this week had you won, but too bad. Right, now the challenge is on. Right, you got to go to Arrowhead and win a game. Um, but I think Kansas City gets this done. I think it's an ugly game. Um, and and I'll say this: like I, this is probably if I had to pick a seventeen ten game, this is it. Like I, Kansas City's offense hasn't looked good, but Miami is not going to be able to play that well in the cold, unfortunately. Um, and Patrick Mahomes is probably the first time ever in his career. Right, a couple weeks ago was against the Raiders. They had those two bad plays where they score touchdowns on defense that cost them the game. This is one of those games where if Patrick Mahomes catches a turnover bug or throws a pick six, it might cost him the game, truthfully. I think it, it's going to be close. And this is another one that I don't think is going to be a very high scoring game. Mm-hmm. I just take the unders this week, folks. And if Tyreek was healthy, you know, like 100% going in this game, I'd feel a little bit better. But I just. Even then, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's going to be a tight one. Um, Steelers versus Bills. Uh, I mean, man. What are we talking about? Ben, uh, Ben, not Ben. Uh, Mason Rudolph versus Josh Allen. I mean, I don't need to say much more. Like, I think that solves it. Yeah. Pittsburgh making the playoffs this year was a fluke more than it was deserving. It's not um, a fluke. It's a joke. Is what it is. Truthfully, yeah, how they snuck in is just like thanks Jacksonville. I'm, yeah, I don't. Jacksonville fumbled the bag there. Bitch. Um, but yeah, they just, they just, wow, man. They, this is, this is, this is one of those games that like, I think Buffalo's minus 10 in this game last I looked, and I don't even know if that's enough. Like, I'm sure that yeah, line I, that's what I'm looking at right now on DraftKings is minus, is 10, minus 10. And I, I don't think that'll end up being the line. I think it's going to be significantly higher by as we get closer. Yeah, because it's just, if Buffalo loses this game, Sean McDermott's getting fired. Fired. And imagine that He gets fired. Bill Belichick comes on in and, you know, like comes into that team. Like that's what not a, a crazy scenario. for you. What a nightmare for you. I wouldn't hate it. It'd only be for a couple of years. We're, we're going to stink for the two or three years. He'll be there. But, fair, fair. um, yeah, Take like I cop out way out. We suck. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like I, I truly like if they lose this game, like they have no business this game being close, and McDermott needs to be fired. It's just, yeah, I mean, yeah they're a two seed. It's a home game. As a Ravens fan, please, God, Pittsburgh, pull a little Mike Tomlin magic. Come on, because be I'll tell you what, George Pickens and the guys were talking a lot of a lot of crap after taking down Tyler Huntley on the Ravens in Week 18. Like they're posting yeah. celebration videos on Instagram. 
come on. What are we doing? Come on, I... come on guys. The Ravens are already on OBJ's yacht relaxing, okay? They're not even they're not even lose. honed into playoffs. We're going to lose. We're going to lose to Cleveland. I'm going to die. Um, no, I want – as much as Pittsburgh was two of our four losses this year, I would love to see him in the second round. It's not going to happen. If Sean McDermott loses this game, I am convinced they will ask him to pack his desk and his office up before he leaves the building that night. Like, he hey – yeah, I know it's hey, 10 p.m. and you just lost a horrible football game. You're crying your at a shit. press conference. Get your shit and get the f out of here and never come back. That, he is banned be, from the city of Buffalo if they lose this game. That could be one of those games, like the the game ends right, and you expect the head coach to come up, and the owner comes up, and he goes, "We just uh, we just fired Sean McDermott. He's packing up his office right now. He won't be available to speak to the media tonight. Um, I'll answer so like, two questions." And that'll be it. Why did you fire McDermott? Because we lost tonight. Thank you. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks. Have a great night. Thanks for like, coming hey, out. Why is, why is Joe Brady <laughs> answer the post game press conference? This guy's just <laughs> offensive coordinator four or five weeks ago. And they're like, oh, Sean just lost his job, actually. So yeah. <laughs> here Sean's I am. Sean's no longer with us. So <laughs> <laughs> if he loses this game, dude, he might. He might, might, might be the end. All right. Let's jump over to the NFC side here. Um, little, little bit more interesting, in my opinion. Um, I think this might be one of the closer games, actually. Uh, Packers versus Cowboys. Um, Damn it. What? Uh, Marcus Stroman just sided the Yankees. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, Pete Alonso signed a one-year deal with the Mets. Big whoop. Uh, $20 Welcome home. home. But, uh, yeah, Cowboys versus Packers. I think this game's close. I do like the Cowboys at the end. I just don't think uh, Green Bay has enough firepower to really try to compete. to compete with the Cowboys again, this is a team that I think is overperformed. Um, I know some people had him as a playoff team. I think those people, uh, you know, were kind of blindly guessing, but Jordan love has looked good. I just don't think he's going to look good enough to go out and beat the Cowboys at home in Dallas. Yeah, this is a tough one. And dude, I, the, the listening to like Matty C and the Cowboys fans talk about this this last week has been hilarious because the second, the seating was set, just, Cowboys fans are having nightmares all week, right? Did Dez catch it? Yeah, the Hail Mary from Rodgers. So many things have happened badly for the Dallas Cowboys against the Packers and in the playoffs to boot. Here's the thing, Dallas. You're at home. You're not at Lambeau. All those bad things that happened, they were on the road. Did you get the one seed? No. Yeah, you choked your way out of it. It's fine. This is at home. We're fine. I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys here. And I'll tell you this, if you're not a fan of whatever it is, if you have friends that are Cowboys fans and they lose this game, please call them immediately because they are going to be in the worst way come Monday morning if the Packers win this game in Dallas. But I think they get it done. Like you said, Jordan Love, they played great. They played great football. They have a good history against the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. We're not in Lambeau. We're in Jerry's world. They'll take care of business. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I think this one's, I'd be shocked if the Packers won, but I wouldn't be shocked, actually. That's a lie. I, I think the I'd seven, the spread at this game is at seven, and I honestly, I think that's a little high. I agree. Um, I think Green Bay is going to keep it interesting, but yeah, again, like we've talked about Sierra Annie, we've talked about Sean McDermott. This, like, Mike McCarthy might also be coaching for his job as well. So, yeah. nope. With the, with the guys um, that are available, if he loses this game at home against the Packers, yeah, he's probably it'll be done. it'll it'll be tough for him to stay, and that job's desirable. Like there's they've got weapons on that team, so 
Um, but yeah, I think, I think he's coaching for his life here. Um, next game we got, honestly, my pick for game of the week. Um, I think this is going to be the closest in one of the more entertaining games. Um, we got the Rams at the lions. Um, I'm taking the Rams here. Uh, I think Matthew, it's crazy to say that Detroit's in the playoffs. Huh? Did you flip on me? No. Okay, you know you had the lines written down. I was just... Oh, I did. Nope, definitely meant to take the Rams there. Sorry. Right, damn it, that's okay. I'll play devil's advocate for this. This is a toss up. This game's really close. It's it's my it's at plus or minus three. It's right where it should be. Um, plus three for the Rams. I I like the Rams in this game. It's we've seen Dan Campbell make too many mistakes in crucial time. Um, like he has just not been great at the end of games. And I know McVeigh is good at the end of games, right? So this kind of comes down to, uh, you know, I believe more in McVeigh than I do Campbell. I think Stafford and Goff right now are are similar. I would still take Stafford for a game. Over I was Goff. like, I take Stafford because he has McVeigh. Truthfully, yeah. So I, for me, it really comes down to the head coach advantage. That's that's why I'm leaning Rams. I didn't even realize I wrote Lions, but um, yeah, definitely I'm leaning Rams this game. Because it's funny that I wrote that, and then one of my bets is uh, <laughs> we'll definitely counterdict that prediction later on. It's all right. Um, I can I can make a, a this is I think this is going to be probably game of the week football wise. It is one hundred percent without a doubt game of the week story wise, right? And Detroit has went through a lot of cruel stuff in its franchise's history, right? Never made a Super Bowl. Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders retire it 10 years into their career. A lot of heartbreaking stuff has happened to Detroit. This is the first playoff game they've had in 30 years. I couldn't even tell you the last time they had a home playoff game. If Matthew Stafford walks into Ford Field and beats them in a home playoff game, I feel I would that I've never felt more empathy for an NFL fan base than I would the Detroit Lions. Sorry, Dallas, you're gonna get trumped if Matthew Stafford beats this Lions team on Sunday. Do you you know Laporte is not playing for the Detroit as well, correct? I didn't know, Did that. know that's that. tough. Yeah, Laporta, <sighs> I think Laporta is out for that game. Um, and that's honestly that's part of why I'm more leaning. Oh, cat's There's good. the feeder. Yeah. There it is. There's the feeder going off. It's <laughs> eight o'clock. Um yeah, I, I truly for me, I think that's like a big factor is I'm pretty confident he's ruled out for that game. That um, is he might he might play. Oh no, he he's optimistic about playing. Okay. Um, I've heard that story before. He's, he's yeah. questionable is what it's going to come down to. It's probably going to be a game time decision. decision and even so. if he plays, he's not going to be 100%. Not 100%. And and he's such a vital part of that offense. It scares me for him to not be in there in that game. I'm not even thinking about that. I had wrote the Rams just because I wasn't trying to have the same eight picks through. But I'll, I'll switch mm-hmm. to the Lions here. Um, I mean, this team is good, right? They're here for a reason, right? Ben Johnson is the most coveted first-time head coach this offseason for a reason, right? Jared Goff is at a career year for a reason. So they have played a lot of good football. The reason I had the Rams down is this is going to be a chess match. And yeah, Sean McVay, I think, is can be a chess player on some days. I think he can, he can fill in and play a good chess game. Dan Campbell is a football player. He's not a chess player, yeah. right? He's going to come out. He's going to punch you in the mouth. He's going to do your normal stuff. But when it comes down to it and it gets real, real tactical and this, that, and the other, I just, I don't think Dan Campbell has it at this point. 
Yeah, you know. it it's going to be the closest closest game, and that's why I think it's the game of the week. Here. Yeah, they are going to have to. Ah, there's there's just no way that I see them walking this game because it would it would have to be them shutting down the Rams' offense. Not only is the Rams' offense too good, their defense just isn't good enough to keep up. Truthfully, and and we talk about being in stride at the right times. Like Puka Nakua comes off breaking the rookie receiving record. Um, Cooper Cup there, geez. Uh, Cooper, Cooper Cup's healthy, playing well. Matthew Stafford's healthy and playing well. Aaron Donald is always a force to be reckoned with in playoff games. So, and this is a team that's been to a Super Bowl and uh, they have the experience. They've been there, done that. And for them, road games matter probably the least out of a lot of teams, right? For them, they sit here and they go, I mean, road games, home games, kind of almost the same thing for us for the most part. So, um, yeah, for this one, yeah, they're going from a dome to a dome. Who cares? Yeah. It's, I mean, and I'm sure Ford Field's going to be hopping, but I mean, they play in a lot of stadiums that are hopping, and and this is not that much different to them. Um, now, in my opinion, the hardest game to predict is the Eagles versus Buccaneers. I was very, very close to taking uh, the Buccaneers in this game, like microscopically close. If Baker Mayfield is 90% healthy, 95% healthy, I'd probably take the Bucs in this game. Um, he is very, very banged up right now and he's going through it. It's, uh, it's going to be tough. I do think this game is really close. Like Which I think is... this game, uh, it's nuts to say, but I think like the way Philly has played the last couple weeks, their defense can't stop a nosebleed. And even if Baker hands it off to Rashad white 20 times and they run some play action and Mike Evans catches one ball, like this game's going to be tight and down to the wire. Yeah, um, I, I laughed there, and it doesn't sound crazy with what we've seen in the last six weeks. It's at the beginning of the year, if I was like, hey, you know that team that just made the Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, they're going to be in a playoff game against Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. You're like, firstly, <laughs> yeah. stop. Mental asylum, you're insane. Secondly, the Bucks are going to have a chance, just a chance, not even going to win, not going to make it close. Yeah. They have a chance at winning that game. You're like, you're, you're fucking actually crazy. And and the game's going to be in Tampa Bay. You'd be like, what? What are we? What? Hell froze over. That's what happened here. Um, yeah. I'm going to take the Buccaneers in this game. Um, and truthfully, what comes down to this is what we've seen in the last six weeks, right? The defense can't stop a nosebleed. And there is no more resilient player in NFL in the NFL currently than Baker Mayfield. Healthy, one leg, one arm, yeah. missing a rib. Who cares? Baker Mayfield is going to go out there and he's going to lay it all on the line because that's the type of player he is. Also, he's playing for another starting job, whether it's with them or someone else. His job is on the line, right? He I don't has know a if his job. I think he's gotten that job. I, I'd be shocked. In, in Tampa? I would be. I, I mean, think that's another team that truthfully probably needed to fire their head coach with the amount of guys that are available this offseason. But yeah. um, there's so many, we didn't even get a chance to talk about like the parallels that are happening in, in all of these games, right? Deshaun gets traded from Houston to Cleveland. They play in the first round, right? We saw golf and Stafford yeah. going back at it. You know, we're seeing that happen. That this weird. one, this one, you have to dig a little bit further to find it, but here it is for you. Remember the 11 0 Pittsburgh Steelers team, right? It started mm-hmm. off great. They ended yeah, up that- horrible down the stretch. They, they lose had like the, the worst offense or whatever. And they, yeah, they lose in the first round of the playoffs. 
Here we go. The Philadelphia Eagles didn't start 11-0, right? But 10-1, very good start to the season, have really fallen off in the last six weeks. You remember who sent Big Ben and the Patriots home in the offseason that, that that year? Big Ben home? In, no, I don't remember. I'd be Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns that sent him back in that year in the playoffs. Dang. So Baker Mayfield has a chance to send another Pennsylvania team that started strong and has fallen off in the last six weeks. It's yeah, just that one's a bit of a stretch. It's a stretch. It's there. And honestly, I'm not even fully confident that it was him that knocked him out of the playoffs this year. Now I'm somewhat remembering that Big Ben had to go on the road to KC and do it, and I think that's actually what happened. But nonetheless, Baker Mayfield is resilient. The Eagles are not playing well, and he's going to do everything in his power to make sure that the Buccaneers are headed to the divisional round of the playoffs. Yeah, I think those two games are – because that game's on Monday night. and Oh, God. Yeah. Ooh, in prime time. Yeah, I don't know why they made that the prime time. That's not the game I would have picked to put on Monday night. I put Dallas and or not Dallas. I put a. I, I would have put Dallas at Graham Bay. Just, well, that's going to get good rate. That game's going to get good ratings no matter what. So. I would have put them over. I, the game that should be spotlighted is the Rams and the Lions. To me, yeah, should that's, be that's, your that's the best game spot. this weekend. So. With all of that being said, we're going to jump into our bets of the week. If you or anyone you know is struggling with a gambling addiction, contact the Problem Gambling Helpline at 800-522-4700. Professionals are available 24 hours a day to take your call. Help is available at no cost to the Problem Gambler or their concerned others. Um, I'm going to kind of quickly run through my week last week. Went one and two, a little bit of a struggle. I had the Texans minus one and a half versus the Colts. That hit. Bears plus three versus the Packers. Bears let me down big time. Jets and Patriots over 30 and a half. What a joke that bet was. Idiot. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, betting uh, the Patriots over is just a tough one. It was a low enough line to where you could justify it, but they still I thought you. maybe, but the weather was worse than I probably thought it was going to be. It was a rough, rough go around for me. Um, how'd you do, Owen? I had another pretty solid week, a two and one week again for me. Um, Miami plus three versus Buffalo. That's the one that didn't hit. And honestly, probably my risky of the three picks. So I'm okay with it. Baltimore pit under 35 and a half. Again, a good old AFC North under is never a bad bet to have, especially when you have two backup quarterbacks playing. And then, wasn't even fully a pick, just a big old middle finger to Arthur Smith and the Falcons on the way out for how many times they have messed up a parlay for us this year. I had the Saints minus three versus the Falcons cashed. What a, what a wild, jeez. Oh, we didn't I, even talk it, about it, but the fact that I, I was like, when I picked it, I was like, man, I love this pick just because like it just fits for what we've dealt with this year. And the fact that it cashed, even better. Jameis, what was up with that late touchdown? We made a team decision as an offense. DA didn't know anything about it. So you just do whatever the hell you wanted, Jameis. Yeah, I mean it was it was a team it was a team decision. Jamal hadn't scored a touchdown all year. He was led the league in touchdowns last last year, so we thought he deserved one. Oh, so you took victory formation and told Dennis Allen, he said, "Hey, pal, take this right up your play call." I'm like, "What in the world is this?" Yeah, um, I see where Jameis is coming from. I I understand where you're coming from. Doing it out of victory formation to me is the <laughs> Whoa, that, was, that, that is a bad call. You bad call. Not do that. If you want to make this call, fine. Line up in single back. Make it look like you're running a play. Do not line up a victory formation and hand it off. That's crazy. Also, Jameis Winston is probably never going to have a job in the NFL again because I don't think he's talented enough to be a starter, and that is the exact thing that I do not want out of a backup quarterback. <laughs> and the other – like, how is Dennis Allen – how did he survive? Like – the guy does nothing but underperform and has clearly does not have complete control of this team whatsoever. 
And the Saints are like, eh, it's fine. We'll keep, I, keep going with it. To me, that's it's that's one of the ones where he kept his job because he might not be a great head coach. Who the hell's taking that job? Hey, by the way, we don't have a quarterback and we're ninety million in the hole. Do you want to? Hey, but they have a trade asset. They're going to be able to trade Taysom Hill for like a fourth rounder, so he can be the starter in Denver next year. Um, oh, God. All right. So on the season, my computer is randomly glitching out and showing me something that I don't really care about and I don't know how to make it go away. So, okay. I can reach a record if you want. Okay. Um, my record's 23 and 27 and one yours for the, the season is 27, 14 and one. You are having an amazing season making, God. making bets this year. I should be rich. I hate myself. Yeah, you should be. Um, all right. My three picks for this year is going to be Browns minus two and a half versus the Texans. Um, it's under the field goal. You know, I love under the field goal ones. I do think it's a close game, so it scares me a little bit. Um, if the Browns were plus one here, I'd probably take Browns money line over Browns plus one, but it's it's such a close line. I'll take it. Um, I do have Rams money line. That's why I don't know why I wrote down the lines there. I have Rams money line. That's I don't want the plus three. I'll just take the Rams to win this game outright. I'm, I'm that confident in this pick, so... I, I very rarely am a money line guy. Most of the time I'm like, man, if they're giving you three points, take the three points. This one I'm pretty confident on. I just I just don't something in my gut, it doesn't feel good about Dan Campbell. So I'll take Rams money line. Chiefs Dolphin under 44 and a half. It feels like that God line is too it. high. It does. You can copy me. Who cares? I might. I might. Uh, I might just pick three and then we could share that one. We'll see. Yeah, so that that feels like one to me that I'm like, yeah, that line feels way, way too high. Uh, I'll take the under on that line any day of the week. Yeah, um, truthfully, well, the reason I say damn is just because I'm sitting here looking. I'm trying to make these picks on the fly as we're doing the playoff predictions. And honest to God, I think you could saddle all three AFC unders in a parlay and feel pretty confident in yourself. Um the only one that I'm really shaky on is Cleveland and Houston. I think ah, even yeah. I can't see 44 and a half in that game. It's a dome. Like, so maybe I could I see it. Um, maybe. I take, yeah, I am going to share Kansas city and Miami under 44. That should be the lock of the week easily. I think um, if, if you take the over in the Cleveland game, to me, you're betting on Joe Flacco playing like Joe Flacco played for the last four weeks. Yeah, Cause what? I mean, that's 24, 20. That covers twenty four twenty. That's about it. Yeah. Um, or anything more than those two scores. So yeah. Uh, I want to take Buffalo and Pittsburgh under thirty six and a half. I really do, but I think that there's a chance that Buffalo gets up and down the field enough to put up twenty eight thirty five by themselves. Um. I think. Damn, I don't know. I'm gonna go under in Philly and Tampa as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, under 43 and a half for those two. I'll have to actually type these in here so we can have them on the script afterwards. And um, I'm going to ride the under on Houston and uh, Cleveland too. I'm just going to take the unders all the way through. Okay. So Three I'll take unders. the under on Cleveland and Houston again. I think that one's, I think it's just going to be a bit more of a defensive game. I think if you could get it at like 46 and a half, like cover yourself a bit more, you know, if you get it at like 47 and a half, it's probably where like the sweet spot for me, it's sitting at 44 and a half. I'm still probably going to take it pretty confidently. Hammer the chiefs and dolphins under 44. If that game goes yeah. over 44. I'll shake. Don't say, don't, don't, yeah, don't nah. say something you're going to regret. I'm going to like, I'm trying to grow my hair out, but going bald is just about the same thing for me at this point. But, um, <laughs> 
yeah, take that under, and I'll I'll go uh, I'll go with the under in the Philly and the Tampa game at forty three and a half as well. Everybody jokes about the dad bod. Nobody jokes about the dad hairline because no, that's no what does. they don't tell you comes. That's nope. they fall shortly behind there. Yeah, I've had a gut for twenty years. I'm okay with it. I've gotten used to it. I'm no problem. This this is unacceptable. <laughs> so, is your is your dad bald? Yeah, he's he's got the the classic nothing up here and uh, well uh, you know patches in here and the yeah. the strap around. So, so you know, you know. Yeah, I knew it was coming. I didn't think twenty five. I was going to see the signs <laughs> of it. I my last hairstyle I think accelerated it a bit, and it only accelerated it on one side. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to see. I'm going to try to cover it up. So get used to seeing, especially this North Face has. That's, the one that that, that's smart. That's smart. Yeah. When you're going bald, cover it up as best you can. That always turns out really good. And yeah, looks yeah. Really I'm just going to rub any more hair out on the way in anyways. Yeah. So. yeah. It's like, yeah, good call. Try to try to patch yeah. it. But. Just for the show. Get used to seeing the North Face hat. It goes with just about everything I wear. So if you see this for the next couple of shows into the offseason, you know why. Yeah. All right. If you've made it through 90 minutes, we greatly appreciate you. Uh, we'll see how this format. I mean, this is how we used to do the show, but we've, we've been doing the two episodes to make life easy. But we just went so I mean we knew like Black Monday Black Monday was gonna do it. Yeah, Black Monday off season stuff, uh draft. This is where this show really starts to accelerate and excel. It's uh topics we're both super, super passionate about. I love head coaching candidates. I would love like if anyone wants to hire me to be a you know, head coach like analyst and you just analyst. hire me to come in and and be like, hey, do interviews and tell us who you think we should hire. I'd gladly do that. Anytime. Yeah, this is the crazy time of the year because it's we're down in the playoffs, right? We feel like we got to talk about every game, but also it's, it's fucking Black Monday. We got to talk about this. Like, trying to remember, Tom Palacero was on the Dan Patrick show, mm-hmm. and Dan was like, "Are there any hypotheticals that we're not talking about?" And Tom said, that "I think the best line I've heard was reality is for once way greater than any hypothetical you could talk about." And I was like. It's honestly true right now. Like this yeah. is the wildest. Like we talk about like, oh, I didn't see that Black Friday. Like I didn't see that. Like there's always a surprise or two hiring. This year there's been like three. Like I didn't see Pete Carroll getting fired. I didn't see Mike Rabel getting fired. Belichick, there was kind of suspicion, but like I thought maybe he'd get traded and then make it harder for him. But now now these guys are just out here. Jim Harbaugh is going to be out there. Like it's f- crazy. One fourth of the league has open head coaching vacancies currently. We have eight coaching vacancies amongst 32 teams. That is a fourth of the league. And again, somehow Buffalo loses. That job's open, right? Philly, maybe. If it's a horrible collapse, I think it would be an overreaction after losing both coordinators. But with the guys that are are available, it's hard not to think about it, right? I think Tampa should be up there. Truthfully, I know they made the playoffs or whatever. He should have been fired last year. It's still Lovey Smith, right? I think uh, Todd, Bowles. Todd Bowles. Todd yeah, Bowles. Yeah, that's what yeah. I meant. Yeah, it is still Todd Bowles. They're they're in an interesting. They're in a weird spot because it's like, like where does that job fall? That's not a top job. That's fair. I don't. Mike I don't have to look at their cap situation and all these things. Yeah, where they're Mike, at, Mike's but. a free agent this year, so it's like it's just we, they're a weird spot. And they are. Like, I know they have a couple bad contracts. But. There's just such a weird. There's such an in between team. Like yeah. it's like there's some fair. talent, but then they're overpaying a lot of guys. It's just weird. They remind me a lot of Tennessee. So, I mean, they're just without the good draft position. So pretty much. All right. Well, Well, thanks for, thanks for listening this far. Um, We'll, uh, we'll see you on the next one. Are you sure about that?
Maybe not. Failed to stop recording. You cannot access the server. Nice. That's a problem. Can so I pause? Nope. I can't pause. I can't stop. I definitely don't want to refresh. Oh, God. Because we'll lose everything that way. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm terrified. Can, can you can you pause or anything? Where's this? What does this button do? Top oh, left no. now. No, I got nothing. This is not good. Well, oh. remember, we're right at like 134.50, 135. Oh, shit. I stopped taking notes on when some of that shit transitioned. I didn't do bets. I can figure that out. I mean, that was the fact uh, that we got out at an hour and a half is fucking nuts. I was like, when we were at an hour for for Black Monday and trivia.